Hello, and welcome to The Laddercast, where we teach you how to leverage your assets to change your life. I'm Sorsha Porter, and in 2016, I bought my first home, which completely changed the trajectory of my life. I turned that property into a business, a trip around the world, a new career, and quadrupled my household income. And now I'm a real estate agent licensed in Oregon and Washington. And I'm Shannon McAllister. After finishing college with a degree in finance, I was in a job I hated but couldn't quit because I wasn't making enough money. I signed up for a class to learn about mortgages taught by a real estate investor. 17 years later, I'm a nationally licensed mortgage lender, homeowner, and investor myself. We aim to educate how getting on the property ladder by owning just one home can change lives. It changed ours. Hello, and welcome back to The Laddercast. Today's episode, we're going to talk about ways to make money off your property that don't require you to live with someone or be a traditional landlord. Great. That's me. That's you. Yeah. Shannon with the only child syndrome over here. Yep. Don't want roommates. Never have. There are plenty of people who don't have an interest in being a traditional landlord or house hacking or living with strangers or friends, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You can still use your property as a homeowner to make money, and there are a lot of different ways to do it. We have eight to share with you today, but before we get into that, before you implement anything, you really need to consult with your appropriate local ordinances, your HOA, if you have one, and any other governing bodies that dictate the use of property in your area. Mm -hmm. And if you're considering turning your home into a money-making enterprise, we highly recommend that you have a team to help you ensure that you're doing everything above board. We always advise anyone who owns a home to have a team of professionals such as lawyers, CPAs, insurance agents, and property managers to ensure you aren't doing anything that will get you into trouble. For sure. And please don't choose to do things that's severely going to irritate your neighbors. Be a kind human. Be, you know, be considerate of everybody involved. And these are ideas to get you thinking outside the box that maybe you haven't considered before you didn't know existed. We just want to have you, we want to put it out there that there are ways to leverage your assets to make money Mm -hmm. that are not really the traditional way that people do it. And there are lots of people using it. Right. So So these are ways you can do things that aren't having a side hustle or starting a whole nother business for the most part. Yeah. Some of them are in starting another business, but but there are ways that you can use your property to help offset your mortgage payment. Yep. All right. So that said, um, something to noodle on, rent your garage space on Craigslist. Yes. Can I, Sorsha brought this idea to me when we were putting the list together and I, I never, I never thought on any of these things on this list. I'll be honest with you. It turns out if you have a garage that you're not using, you can rent it to other people. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, There are always going to be people who don't have space that they need to do the things that they want to do. That is always going to be a case. As long as we are continuing to make humans and not continuing to make earth, then (laughs) then there are going to be people who need to rent spaces. A lot of times there are people who rent a room or a small apartment that don't have a space to store for their hobbies or side businesses. Um, Renting a garage is a totally legitimate way to share your space without having it be your living space and make some money off of it. You could rent it hourly. If you have lots of cool tools and things to share with people, you could rent it to someone like maybe you've got a, 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 a person that's a potter and needs a pottery studio. But if you have a garage space that you're not really using for much, maybe consider sticking it on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace for a few hundred bucks a month for rent. Yeah. 
I mean, every single one of these blow my mind. I, yeah. Every <laughs> single one of them. So the thing about me is I am always considering different ways that I can make money. That is kind of like my whole thing. <laughs> Anytime someone brings up an idea, my first thought is, I wonder how I could make money doing that. And then my second thought is, would it be worth my time? Um, but these are all ways that, for the most part, are pretty passive. You yeah. know, if you don't, if you have a garage and a storage shed, maybe you put your tools in your storage shed and you rent the garage or vice versa. But you could totally be making money off those spaces that you're not utilizing to their full potential. Got it. My garage is packed to the gills, so that one's not for me, but we'll keep going down the list to see if we find one that works. <laughs> All right. Okay. What if I have parking space? If I have an RV slip on my property or a proper good side yard that would fit a boat or a trailer or something? Oh, man. That is premium space. Um, actually, on average here in Portland, houses sell between fourteen dollars and $16,000 more if they have RV parking. RV parking is awesome if you have an RV because renting an RV space is friggin' expensive. My grandparents who live in Northern California pay over $600 a month to park their RV in a fenced lot in the like 20 minutes from their house. <laughs> and that blew my mind. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. But it's very expensive to park a boat or park an RV somewhere that that you could potentially just, you could be making that money. How would $600 look to you? It'd be pretty exciting to me. How yeah. would 400 or 300 look to you yeah. for just unused space in your side yard? Yeah. Sorsha told me that her grandparents, the total cost of their housing expense is $200 a month. They are yeah. paying more to park their RV than they are paying for their home. Yeah, because they bought it in the 50s. And, sure. And they have but, the, but the concept is that people are willing to pay that much money to park items that they own that they don't have space to park themselves is amazing. Yeah. And if you have it, and they, they use that RV maybe 10 times a year, and they're paying yeah. more than their housing payment to rent it out, yeah. to, to have it have it stored somewhere. It's bananas to me. But if you've got RV parking or a space that's long enough for an RV or a boat, that is a space you can rent and you can put it on Craigslist or a Facebook marketplace for free and someone will pay you for it. That's amazing. It's insane. All right. Similar, but different. What if you just have a really big driveway? Oh man. Could rent out a parking spot. Um, if you look at particularly here in Portland where our downtown core has very little parking and all of it is paid, there are a lot of professionals and then apartment dwellers who are paying an average of two seventy five a month to park their car in a single spot in a parking garage or lot. Okay. $275 a month. In fact, Shannon and I both, before we got into our current careers, worked jobs where our employers, like we had to pay for parking at our employer's place of business. Killed me. Was, I couldn't believe that I had to go to work and then I had to pay to go there. So maybe you live in an area that is highly congested and you have a parking spot and you've chosen to live there because you didn't need a car. Well, why not rent your driveway out to someone who is going to be paying more elsewhere and could use the spot? Um, I think that that is a great way yeah. to leverage empty space that you're not using. That's great. That's great. This one still isn't for me. I do happen to have a big driveway. That's also a hill. I don't want the liability of a car accidentally rolling down the hill. It is quite a steep hill. It is. And so... While I have the space, I'm going to pass on that one because I just can't take that risk. That's okay. All right. That's okay. You have a, a rental property already that's making you money. Okay. Well, we'll keep going down the list and see if I can find one that's for me here. This one is, I know somebody who's doing this already, who the person I know has a pretty big property in a relatively country-ish area that is very near where vacation renters go. They have an Airstream that they rent. Oh, man. The vintage look trailer 
experience is such a hot market. Um, there are tons of people on Airbnb renting what they all are, they call canned ham or Airstream like trailers in their yards. Um, actually, Matt and I, Matt's my husband, um, went to Seattle a couple of years ago and we rented a little trailer in someone's backyard because it was the cheapest thing that was available because yeah. um, Seattle's expensive and it was lovely. It was actually a really nice experience. Um, but yeah, you could totally, if you've got an old trailer or there are people like fixing those things up and renting them out as usable spaces, it's a whole thing yeah. and they're making money. Yeah. My friend who does it, like I said, lives lives near an area here that is hot for vacation rentals. It's near the mountain. Okay. And so people come to ski and snowboard. And it is expensive these days to go anywhere near Mount Hood if you are staying. Government camp is expensive these days. And so she's a little ways outside of it. Nice. And people are willing to do the drive. It's not a long drive, but people are willing to do it. And yeah. she is busy and full up a lot. Yeah, it's it's a very hot experience. But it doesn't require you sharing your interior home space with anyone, which is pretty cool. Yep. Here's one that blew my noggin <laughs> off. Blew my noggin off. I recently learned that people rent their yard for dog parks. Yeah, there is an app called Sniff Spot that um, a few months ago a friend told me about, uh, where you can rent your land as a inner city or outer city dog park, uh, especially if it's fenced. So and it's more along the lines of private dog park experiences. Maybe if your dog is not friends with other dogs and you can't go to the public yeah. spaces, this is a way for you to take your dog out that doesn't involve you having to chase down fights. Yeah. Or just having to chase them, period. Yeah. Like some dogs are not great with recall. Some dogs are not great with other dogs. And you can charge by the hour to have someone rent your fenced backyard, um, which is crazy. An average price for that is like 25 bucks. And there's only like 30 people in all of Portland right now that are doing that. So if you live here, it's a pretty hot commodity that you could absolutely be making money off of. Blows my noggin. All right. All right. We'll keep going. It keeps getting worse for me. What if I don't want a permanent jalopy parked in my driveway all the time? I have the driveway space, but I don't want something there all day, all night, 24-7. But I do have this space. You could rent it out as an event rental space. Um, a lot of There are a ton of conferences and festivals and events that happen here in Portland um, and surrounding areas. And if you have a spot and you maybe don't want something there all the time, but you wouldn't mind collecting, you know, a thousand bucks on a hot, on a busy event weekend for rental. Um, there's an app called Camp Spot, and there are different types of camp spots that you can offer. Um, but a really popular one is for people who travel to these conferences and events with their recreational vehicles, like camper vans or RVs or travel trailers, and they will pay a premium because, fun fact, there are like no camp rentals in the city of Portland. Like there are no, no RV parks for like, there's no RV parks. The closest one. And the reason I know this is because Matt, my husband's grandparents come to visit us in their RV that they're paying $600 a month to store near their home. Um, they come to rent visit us a couple times a year and they always, the closest place is Troutdale, That's which is 25 miles outside the city. Yeah. It's like a 35 minute drive. So if you are coming to town specifically to attend an event, a festival, a something, camper van expo of the world was happening in hood river that weekend and we didn't know and as i before i learned that i was wondering where are these people staying i understand the people who are on the street who are parked here temporarily to pick up their pizza and go but all of these people can't have drove into town for the day and are leaving same day where are they staying yes yeah. this, this is probably where a good portion of them were yeah i mean it's a it's a 
the sharing economy and the things and ideas that people have come up with for programs and systems to help people rent their space is an amazing tool to leverage. And you don't just have to rent rooms in your house. You can totally rent your driveway, which is, I think, really cool. You could use that little spot at the end of the driveway that you have. That's one where you could do it. It could. My neighbor likes to use it to park his truck temporarily while he's doing things in his driveway. Mm. So we just don't charge him. That's nice. He also moves it same day. You're a nice person. We share things around here. (laughs) What else we got on this list? What if I had a really nice space that was great as a backdrop for videos or films or maybe an event? Like if I'm a gardener like Sorsha is and I have a great garden. I I think this one is honestly one of the coolest ones that I I've learned about. Um, it's more popular. It's been more popular in the past in cities like Los Angeles, but as Portland becomes a more and more popular destination for um, TV shows to film because mm-hmm. it's cheaper, um, and and media to film these are getting more and more popular. There's a couple of websites similar to Airbnb, but designed for. Uh, studio work essentially. So it's called, there's one called gig spot, I believe, and uh, peer space. Okay. And essentially if you have a really rad home decor setup or backyard or something, you can totally offer it to your, your mega Instagram influencers or small video crews as a space to film. Or if you were like real schwanky, you could potentially make yourself a little wedding venue in your backyard. I know people with incredible massive backyards, that could totally be leveraging that space as, a, as an event venue if they wanted. So that one, we, depending on how big and oh, how yeah. big you it's, go, I was just going to say, like, if you were going to turn yourself into a proper wedding event venue, you're going to need some business licensing and some insurance yeah, it, and those things. But if you're going to have a wedding in your yard every now and again, yeah, nothing's stopping you from having a little party. Yep. As and long I, as you follow noise ordinances and you don't make your neighbors mad. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, a lot of this is contingent on you having... And that's the thing. That's why we said it's important for you to check with yeah. your local ordinances and, and frankly, to have good relationships with your neighbors, which I recommend no matter where you are and what you're doing with your home. It's important to have good relationships with the people who live in your immediate vicinity. Yeah. But wouldn't it be cool if you've managed to make yourself a great garden and have it used as backdrops and photo shoots and things? That sounds really cool. It'd be super awesome. Yeah. And it's a thing you can do with the sharing economy. Right. I love the sharing economy. I could like go on forever about it. <laughs> All right. And the last one, number eight on our list of the top eight things you can do to make money on your home without having to live with somebody, which is right up Sorcha's Alley, is cut flower gardening. I love the pretty flowers. Um, So cut flower gardening, in case you don't know what that is, it's basically growing flowers commercially on a small scale. So if you have a backyard or a front yard that gets a lot of sun and you put a bunch of beds in it, you can grow flowers that are designed for bouquets. And you could either sell those wholesale to a flower wholesaler, or you could be creating your own bouquets and selling them to your friends, neighbors, colleagues for a pretty decent price. Um, there is actually a YouTuber who I follow because I am currently trying to grow a cut flower garden, mostly for my own enjoyment, but maybe for money, because as I said, I'm always looking at ways that I can make money off my home. But I'm trying to grow a cut flower garden in my yard this year. And this girl, her YouTube is called Shifting Roots. And she actually really thoroughly and clearly breaks down how much she made in her first, second, and third year of cut flower gardening. And I think she she started it at the beginning of the pandemic. And her first year, she made like 4600 bucks in a summer just selling flowers. That's wonderful. Like, especially if you're someone who loves gardening anyways, and you would be 
doing like I do. Like I love gardening. It is we will talk about gardening on a different episode because it's a big passion of mine. Um, but if you're going to be doing that anyways, you may as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or or even just a portion so you can save some for yourself. Yeah. But if you're doing it anyway and you're generally sharing flower starts and cuts around anyway, if you are enterprising enough, you could turn your flower space into a little bit of extra money that helps cover your living expenses and helps offset the cost of your home. Yeah. To give some perspective, I follow a lot of creators online and a four by eight cut flower bed could okay. produce around 30 bouquets a week. Really? Yep. Wow. At $15 a bouquet, that's pretty good money. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And those are numbers I've gotten from people who are actually doing it. Wow. So, uh, Which is great depending on the size. I know nothing about this. I learned what this concept was today. Yeah. And I don't do, I don't do gardening. I don't understand. And, but I do know that when I buy flowers from my local grocery store that come from local farms and they're very nice bouquets from local growers, they're more than $15. Yeah. So that's exciting. It's pretty cool. Can you start growing flowers and I'll pay you $15 so I don't have to pay more money? Absolutely. I'll probably give them to you for free. Not to undercut the other people's enterprise, but we're friends. You get them for free. We'll discuss. I'm growing flowers for my own enjoyment and maybe money, but mostly (laughs) my own enjoyment. But anyways, if you're someone who does that, I mean, think about it like... You know, I'm I'm going to be sending uh, a friend of mine who has small children at home a bunch of my extra seeds this year because she lives in a zone where the the growing season is shorter than ours. So like I would start my flower garden in the next month, but she probably won't for another two months. I'm going to send her her seeds and she's going to try and do that where she is because $4,600 extra in a summer is material money for her. Absolutely. Especially when she's a full-time mom taking care of littles. It's a totally doable enterprise for someone who is going to be outside with their kids playing anyways. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's a really cool thing. So just think about that. Think about the things that you could do with your space that maybe you enjoy that could yield you a return if you're creative enough and enterprising enough to to give it a shot. Yeah, so that's wonderful. And all of those things are all on top of all of the other things that we talk about all the time that we push about tax benefits and appreciation and depreciation. That's just extra. When you add those things together, you got yourself something going there. Yeah. So in conclusion, owning a home is great for more reasons than just being able to be a a traditional landlord. Yep. And there are plenty of other ways that you can generate a little extra income from your property if you don't want to have roommates and rent rooms. Yep. There are plenty of other ways. We gave you eight today. So thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, or even if you didn't, please like it and share it. If you do any of these things, would you let us know how they're going and how you did it? We would love to hear from you. Um, We would love to do a future episode on success stories of people who've listened to the podcast and have made money off of their homes in ways that they didn't expect. Yep. So please. So we're waiting to hear from you. Let us know. Yep. And as always, if you need a lender or you need a realtor in the Portland metro area, Um, give us a call. Even if you don't need a realtor in Portland, reach out. I have a big network across the country that I can connect you to someone in your area with. And Shannon is licensed everywhere in the continental US. That I am. We are here to help and to educate. So again, thanks for joining. Like, follow, subscribe, and share, and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. 